0: you're listening to becoming whole podcast with claire bradshaw where i explore with my guests what it means to lean into living a life of wholeness and connectedness a life where all parts of ourselves our body mind and spirit come into alignment where we're truly living into our own personal values so if you're a seeker a feeler or someone wanting more from your precious life then tune in every fortnight and let's get inspired together Hello and welcome to another episode of Becoming Whole podcast. Today I'm interviewing the lovely Claire Baker, who is an Australian women's coach and writer based in London. Through her popular blog, ebooks, online courses and live workshops, Claire teaches self-care, creative rekindling, how to live life aligned with your menstrual cycle and being kind to yourself and the world. Claire believes in less stress and more flow and dark chocolate and knows that working with unnatural rhythms is the missing key when it comes to women's wellness. She'll have you throwing out the scales, booking the flight, launching the blog and falling back in love with your life. Now, I've been following Claire's journey online for ooh, quite a few years now. Um, and I totally fell in love with her vibe, her en- energy and her honesty. And she's super authentic as well. I like... The, the podcast that she'd put up online, the interviews that she would do, um, they just really, you know, you could just tell, um, that she's just a beautiful person inside and out. Um, she also shares so much of her own personal life, but also gifts everyone with her knowledge, and um, to give other people the value that she, she has within herself. Um, and then to top all of that, she also has a really great sense of humor. And I had the pleasure of meeting her in person at her Adore Your Cycle um, workshop in Melbourne before she headed over to London. So Claire, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Oh, Claire, that was such a delightful introduction. Thank you so much. (laughs) to be here. Gosh, can you believe that workshop was two years ago? I know. Time
0: flies, hey? It does. (laughs) <laughs> and at that time I just arrived um, back from living in London and, um, and then yeah I think you know a couple of months later you were um, on the plane over to London so we kind of crossed That's over. We switched. Huh? Yeah we did. <laughs> so let's talk about your journey to getting to where you are now um, and I'd love you to talk about the kind of pinnacle moments that led you to taking your first steps and I believe your first steps to becoming um, an entrepreneur were your studies at IIN.
1: Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. I had been. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times I'd looked at the IIN website, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, in 2012, when I was working in a job that I liked. You know, it was it was fine, uh, but I didn't feel particularly satisfied, and I knew that I wanted to do more meaningful work in the world. And so I, I was like, kept looking at this website. Like, do I enroll? Do I not enroll? And I figured I just do it, and and maybe just coach, friends and family on the side and that I just continued doing what I was doing and it would just be something that I could do because I've been interested. I've always been interested in health and certainly holistic health and eating well. And um, I just thought, great, that can just be a way that I can explore that passion of mine. Um, and as these things happen, once you start to do something that you are really aligned with and things actually move quite quickly and it, I mean, halfway through the course, I was already coaching and soon, you know 18 months later then that was my full-time business and uh, I didn't yeah I I think I knew probably somewhere that that would actually happen but I think you sometimes have to kind of bargain with yourself and just think well I'll just do it just for this I will just do it with friends and family and that feels a bit safer Um, but that was really the first step that I took towards being self-employed and coaching women. Uh, The second was certainly, you know, and very pivotal was starting a blog and just blogging about my own personal explorations at that time. It was really, I call it my mid, sorry, my quarter life crisis, this chapter of questioning everything and feeling dissatisfied with binge drinking on the weekends and um, seeing men who I just wasn't connected with and trashing my body and binging, binge eating and detoxing, just that cycle of self-sabotage that I uh, was in. I, I just needed to get out of that. And so blogging was a place where I felt I could explore the things that I was really interested in, like going to the farmer's market on the weekend and learning how to, um, you know, do embroidery or journaling again and exploring different books that I was reading and writing about them. And my blog was this incredible very much began. It was completely self-indulgent. It was not for anyone else. It was really a place for me to explore my creativity after so many years of abandoning it. Mm. And uh, it kind of happened at the same time. So started studying at IIN, started blogging, and oh, they very quickly merged. And uh, and ha- still the same, <laughs> still the same website that I use today for. Business purposes and for coaching, and it's just really evolved from those two places. So they were really pivotal. Another mm. thing that I think at that exact same time was come off the contraceptive pill, and that threw me onto a whole new path of learning to understand my body as, um, you know, as a cyclic woman and getting to know my endocrine system and understanding the different phases of the menstrual cycle. Which is, yeah, I mean that was years ago, now that I came off the pill and it's been a real journey, you know, to get to the point where that is now really the foundation of my work, which I'm sure we'll, we will touch more on. But those three things really coming off the pill, beginning my studies at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to become a health coach and blogging, mm-hmm. they all happened at once. And gosh, those three pieces are, yeah, it's actually quite lovely to think about it like that because they mm-hmm. really became the foundation for everything that I has grown since beautiful love that and um you know when you uh,
0: started the blog and also you studied at INN, what what year was that 20 so
1: 2012 i in i started my blog and mm. um, in 2013 i started studying at the institute of integrative nutrition so it was all within right. maybe a month period that all of these things happened Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. And
0: over that period of time, when you started your blog and you started your business, the, the model looked a little bit different to how it looks now in terms of what you were talking about and what your programs were. Is that correct?
1: very much yeah. yes
0: yeah so because i've been following you for a number of years and um you were talking very much about creativity and what i think was so interesting and that really sparked something within me because i also studied at iin in um 20, oh, 2015 i think it was and um and you know identifying which of the areas you know in the circle of life which are the areas that um you know, not feeling so fulfilled in. And one of those areas was creativity for me. And Mm -hmm. I remember seeing a lot of your posts around creativity and it really sparked something in me. And I realized there was a huge part of my life that I had, I suppose, rejected. Um, Mm -hmm. And, the whole kind of reconnecting with that really actually had an impact on all areas of my life, which I thought was really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, you were a huge inspiration on that. So I wanted to let you know. Um, and um, But what I think is really interesting is that your blog, has it always been called This Is Life Love?
1: <laughs> I mean, this is just the universe. Yeah. It? <laughs> because my sister and I, in 2012, were sitting at my parents' kitchen table brainstorming ideas for this blog that I was going mm. to start, uh, and we came up with This Is Lifeblood, and it was really about, to me at that time, it was about the essence of life and doing things that you feel passionate about, and certainly creatively, and like what brings you joy, and um, what makes you who you are, like, This Is Lifeblood, like, that mm. was really where i was going with that and and that still rings true you know in that sense i mean that's still the heart of what i do is really about living your best life of course Mm. but um but as my work has become you know seeing seeing that through the lens of the menstrual cycle it is it is never fails to amuse me but um yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, it's so amazing because I remember when, you know, you were talking a lot more about the menstrual cycle and, you know, have been talking about how you had gone off the pill and things like that. And then as you've kind of gone further down that path, it's like, wow, like the name that you had for your original, um, you know, website is just so aligned. It's uh, really yeah. funny. I love it's, it. It's so good. Um, so let's talk about periods. Um <laughs> let's talk about um you know what what's really sparked the interest in you to start really connecting well one coming off the contraceptive pill and then two what took you down that path to really start to explore it in more detail
1: Yeah I mean coming off the pill was I mean I was on the pill for 10 years and coming off it While at the time it didn't feel like a really big deal, I just made the decision to just stop taking it. And the reason why I did that was because it felt misaligned with all these changes that I was making. You know, as I said, I wasn't drinking so much. I was eating more organic foods, cleaning out the toxins in my home, taking care of my gut, practicing yoga, meditating, la, la, la. And it just kind of felt like a bit strange to be taking this synthetic hormone every day and manipulating my cycle Uh, And so I just, I just stopped and then nothing happened for a year. So I had no bleeding, nothing, no ovulating, no cycle for 12 months. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: And in that time, I'll be honest, I freaked out. I thought, shit, I have screwed my body. Uh, It's forgotten what to do. Am I still even fertile? Uh, What's going on? And so I just deep dove into the world of hormonal health and just for the first time in my life decided I wanted to understand what ovulation was and what were these different phases of the cycle? What are these hormones and what's even happening? Like, How can mm-hmm. I support my body to do what it's naturally designed to do? And, Once my cycle didn't return, uh, I was at that point just so juiced up on it that I was ready to begin starting right away. I was incredibly observant of the physical and mental, emotional and spiritual changes I felt week to week. And the difference between, for me, being on the contraceptive pill, how I felt and being off it was so distinct that I I just couldn't believe that more people were talking about it, and certainly with my own clients, it just naturally, organically became part of the conversation. So, as you said, Claire, a lot of my work is uh, creativity is a huge part of it. And what is more creative than the menstrual cycle is Mm. literally life. And I was thinking, why are we talking Mm. about this? And so, for me, the way that I create. And deliver projects in the world. The way I connect with my own creativity, that would change week to week. And there were these different creative elements in the cycle. Uh, I could really feel that. Certainly, sexually, I, I changed week to week. Um, the way I connected spiritually, the way that I moved my body, the foods I ate, everything was just so incredible to me. How much I shape shifted, and and I just I'm just as I said, it naturally became a part of the way I worked with clients that then led to teaching workshops, which you attended Claire and then writing eBooks and courses. And so it has certainly become a much greater focus, not only personally, I mean, it's an enormous part of my life. It's, it's how I see the world now. It's how I see myself and it's really how I've become the authority in my own life. It's, it's, this work with menstruality has, shaped me in a way that nothing else has in the world of self-care and personal development um it is my spiritual practice it is my creative expression it is the template in which i live my life and so naturally it's then become the way i work with you know the way i work with clients now it's always asking like what day of your cycle are you on today how did you feel last week how how are you going to prepare for the next phase what self-care practices will you implement how will you explore your creativity in the next phase of the cycle etc because it's such a big part of what it means to be a, a cyclic woman Hmm. Yeah, so true. So true.
0: And it's kind of like a part of us that it's been, you know, I know for myself and from talking to friends, you know, it's kind of almost been seen as something like, oh, how annoying. You know, it's something that we, you know, hate or we're embarrassed about, about or we don't talk about. Whereas, actually, you know, what I think is beautiful about what you're doing is that it's really embracing it and then making it part of our lives and 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 appreciating it for actually what it truly is and what it represents. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, mm. it's flipping that that way that we look at it. You know, the the
1: perspective that we put on it. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, we're just not taught f- <laughs> to mm. celebrate it. We are taught from a very young age that it's something to not talk about, that it is something to be ashamed of, that it's mm. it's gross, it's dirty, uh, it's a pain, it's uh, you know, frustrating time of the month. Often we don't even give words to it. We don't even mm. have language assigned to it. Um, and that's not even, you know, it's certainly about menstruation itself, but it applies to the whole cycle. And it also applies to the, menstru- you know, the journey of menstruality that a woman embarks on. So it also- we're also talking about perimenopause and menopause, postmenopause, mm-hmm. the that- it's such an it's such a huge part mm. of our lives and it's very rare that we have these conversations so openly about it and talk about our experiences and that means it can feel quite isolating to be say exper- experiencing pmt or to be unsure about ovulation or to not know what this what does this mean like what does this fluid mean i'm feeling like this could this be related to my cycle um but it's God. It's just it's such. It's an it's an initiatory process. It's a real developmental process of that. I think that we have really lost in uh, certainly in the Western world. Anyway, we've really lost touch with power of the cycle.
0: Mm, totally, and it's it's our connection with nature as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. You're right. Our true it nature, is. and then with nature in general. Um, mm. And I love I love you know how when we were just speaking about, you know, that that connection between, you know, creativity and then also talking about menstrual cycles and they're very sacral chakra related. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yes, you're right, they are. Yeah. So, um, which I think is really interesting as well. And, you know, seeing your Instagram stories and everything, I, I just see Seko Chakra. You're working it girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm like, Oh, I need to learn more from Claire. It's true. It's all the juicy waters of yeah, the Seko Chakra. It, right. is. it is. I love it. Um, okay. Well, I'd love it if you could share, um, about the different seasons of, the menstrual cycle and just some of the kind of key things that um, we can kind
1: of work with in each of those seasons. Absolutely. So let's start with menstruation. Um, menstruation is day one is the very first day of full blood flow. So some women experience some spotting before they bleed. That doesn't count. We're talking about like big, juicy blood flow. That's day one, and you're in a winter which is uh the season that we will paint a broad brush stroke over menstruation. Can actually begin a couple of days before you begin to bleed. It might begin right on day one. When I talk about the seasons less regimented and it's much more, you know, intuitively how do you feel? Where do you think you are? What season do you feel you're in? So in the winter for me certainly begins generally a day before I I start to bleed. And if you think about the season winter, it is a really still and dark time. It's, um, there's a death in the air. It's, it's really um, the beginning and the end of the seasonal cycle of the year. Everything sort of goes into hibernation. And that's really what we often feel called to do when we're bleeding is to just be more introspective and to take time for ourselves. And so as hormones are at their absolute lowest and our bodies engaged in, you know, quite the function of releasing the uterine lining, uh, naturally we might not have a great deal of energy. Certainly for those first couple of days, we might feel physically like we just want to move slower, feel a bit tender. Um, But spiritually we can feel quite connected. So that's when I notice I feel quite connected to nature and intuitively really tapped into something uh, greater than myself. And so... When I give myself the space and time to slow down when that's possible, it can be the time of the month where, of my cycle, where I feel like I get the best ideas and there's a lot of clarity and envisioning for my life. And I just feel really tuned in to something really, you know, that certain power within myself but it's not necessarily a time for action so really this is like the potent the potent phase of the cycle for getting those clarity getting that vision setting your intentions for your life but not necessarily moving forward on them yet when we move then into the spring of the cycle this is the pre-ovulatory phase so we've probably finished bleeding around day say five or six everyone's a little bit different but that's for me when i begin to cross over into my inner spring and This is a a transition season. So we're transitioning between menstruation to ovulation. And all of these, the qualities of these seasons can manifest differently for different people. This is very much about emergence and coming out of the period cave and, and making the journey towards being seen again and coming out into the world. And so for some women, that feels excellent because that's their natural home is to to be seen and to move things forward and to have agency and get things done and that really suits their personality there are others it can feel quite tender and quite vulnerable actually you know taking off the the comforts of menstruation and then you know feeling quite vulnerable moving back out into the world and so spring certainly has the qualities of hopefulness and as a playfulness and it's really ripe with possibility. It's like that feeling of the springtime in the air that you feel, you know, within the seasons of the year when the, it's getting, the days are getting lighter and everyone's getting excited for what's to come, you know, taking off your heavy coats and it feels really great. But they're, they you know, the, the shadow side of that is that it can, can feel quite vulnerable too. There is then these, these expectations. And so, because we live in a world where we really value hustling and productivity and getting things done, it is important to be mindful that certainly this is the phase to do those things and to take action and to build momentum um, and to have agency in your life. But my, my work is, is often, I find, helping women to do this in a way that they're really cherishing themselves and still to- Remembering to bring themselves with them and to move gently. You know, we don't go from zero to ten, but this is what the spring phase is—the transition, like the waxing moon, to mm. bring us from menstruation to ovulation.
0: Mm. We then cross like
1: yeah, does that <laughs> resonate yeah. with
0: you? Yeah, that does. Yeah, that does. And I think you know, yeah, but particularly if you've kind of been in the kind of more the cave, and then you're kind of coming out of that cave um yeah you know kind of then going straight into action but for me personally I think that's that's quite um harsh like it's it's quite a um you know a strong thing to go from kind of yeah being a little bit more kind of introverted and that type of thing to going straight into action so yeah just kind of being gentle with self as that transition Um, happens
1: when I started teaching this work, I I taught it a little a little differently to how I do now, mm. um, and I I teach a much more gentle approach to spring because not only my personal experience, I if I if there is a point in the cycle, where I will experience anxiety mm. it's that crossover from winter to spring, and I've heard this from so many women who feel like okay, I took some time off in administration, great. But now I've got this huge to do list, all these expectations and things to do, and the overwhelm, and the, and the rise in estrogen it can manifest as um, as anxiety in the body, and so rather than going from, yeah, rather than going from zero to ten, mm. just slowly, gently letting that energy wax, maybe oh, yeah. not having coffee too early on in the, in the cycle, maybe not, you know, really slamming yourself with social occasions and mm. over-committing, just letting yourself emerge like a little rosebud just blossoming yeah. out rather than, ex- you know, having these huge expectations on us as we're leaving menstruation. So that, totally. yeah. yeah, that makes
0: definitely. sense. That makes sense and it's kind of like that easefulness. And, you know comparing it to the nature all around us it is just like you said it's sort of like when the flowers start to arrive they don't it's not like all of the flowers appear straight away and they're like wow look at me you know they take their time to blossom Mm. then into summer
1: Mm. yeah I mean as I said to you just before we jumped on before we started recording, Claire. I mean, it was warm here in the in March yeah. a little bit last week here in London, but I mean, it's going to be minus two again this weekend. So oh. you're right. <laughs> and just go from the deepest dark yeah. dark days of winter to suddenly full summer. Um, there is this whack, these waxing transition phases or the waning of autumn as well, it's, it's a shifting. It's these incremental shifts and learning how to pace yourself with that is such deep self-care in and of itself.
0: Mm, totally. It's that listening. Mm.
1: <laughs> yes. Mm. So then we cross over into summer. And the inner summer is the ovulatory phase of the cycle. So this is the the pole, the opposite pole to menstruation. So menstruation, um, the inner winter, and then we have ovulation on the other side, which is the inner summer. And this is a really fertile time. This is the time, the point in the cycle where we are fertile in the sense that if we want to conceive, then this is the time to do it. And if we don't, then this is the time to be careful if we're having sex. And as the body prepares for conception it's sending all kinds of messages to our brain that this is the time to be connecting with other people and so we have naturally uh generally can feel more extroverted can feel like we uh, have the capacity to hold space for others we can feel quite generous and very resilient hormones are at their highest so we can feel really high in physical energy um this is what you know i call the superwoman Phase of the cycle, and it can feel like we can do everything and really show up in all across all areas of our life with this, um, yeah, with this energy that we might not feel at in you know, other phases. And so, it's really about being seen. It's really about sharing your gifts with the world. It's quite a creative time and really bringing things to fruition. This is, you know, if you are working on a creative project, the time to release it into the world and to. Uh, yeah, to be visible, which again can feel great if that's your natural home. But for some women that can be incredibly terrifying, this idea of being seen and of this creative surge, like if you're not sure where to channel that energy, then it can, that can feel quite overwhelming as well. Um, for some women, the inner summer can be quite exhausting depending on you know how hormones are currently balanced that can actually feel exhausting. Some women experience ovulatory pain. So being mindful of when you ovulate and getting to know your cycle and understanding how, you, how ovulation is for you is such an important part of menstrual cycle awareness. But I personally really love my inner summer um my inner summer and my inner winter are probably my two favorite they're definitely my two favorite phases mm. i feel really anchored in my inner summer and i do feel like i can be the full a you know, really full expression of myself but the truth is that i uh we can't stay here all the time mm. you know it's not sustainable and so these, we as we shift gears from that summer towards our inner you know, autumn. This is another crossover that many women that I work with you know, need, uh, are currently working on bringing more tender care and awareness to because as hormones shift, if we haven't conceived and estrogen and progesterone do their little dance and then ultimately begin to wane back down towards menstruation, we go from this hormonal high to then having this drop. And that can, if we're not aware of it, feel really crap. Mm. And we go from being able to be everything to everyone and showing up as this ovulatory summer superwoman to suddenly, oh God, I just want to hide away. I don't want to deal with anyone else's crap. Mm. I just want to be my cocoon and like really just you know take tender care of myself. And that's great if you can do that. And the you know, autumn is all about letting things go and paying more attention to the detail of your life. It's like leaves falling from the tree after mm. summer. Um, it is about this waning, and again, we're now transitioning, we're shifting from ovulation to menstruation. And it's a gift, actually, that we have this slowing down phase because, again, we don't want to go from 10 to zero. We don't just want to like crash at the door of menstruation um, after ovulation. It is a gift to slow down, and it is a gift to turn inwards. What can happen, though, is that because our society generally doesn't value these qualities of Self time and of introspection and moving slower, and perhaps cre- you know we can feel quite creative, but it might not be a time where we really want to produce a great deal out into the world. It might be more soulful, creative energy. Uh, we have to we have to really be careful with ourselves and be quite boundaryed in this time. There's a real energy of discernment. It can be quite a critical time if we're not mindful about inner critic a lot of women can experience you know really doubtful and, and often quite destructive thoughts in this time too so just learning how to negotiate with your inner critic is really important in this mm-hmm. phase that's and really I-
0: interesting because um yeah. yes the clients that i've worked with have told me this that they, this is the time when they start to have negative thoughts and yeah. Yeah, going quite crazy. And, you know, and, and also I, I experience that myself as well. It's just always kind of remembering and appreciating that, that, that that's what's happening and that it's okay and there's not anything wrong with you. And I think that's what's really beautiful about this work is that it gives us that um, permission and mm-hmm. that understanding and that connection with self. Um, mm-hmm. So is that we're not, you know, when the inner critic is going that we have an understanding and appreciation and then we can show some compassion to her rather than beating ourselves up for that.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah, I really want to underline what you said there. Mm. Exactly that. It's having this compassion Mm. for yourself. And and menstrual cycle awareness is such a compassionate process, Mm. Um, self-compassion, because it is. It's giving yourself as much information about who you are as you can, having this self-knowledge, knowing your strengths and vulnerabilities in each phase so that if you are somebody who does struggle with inner criticism when you reach your inner autumn, then you can be aware of that and respond accordingly. You know, give yourself lots of space and time. And really a suggestion I always give clients is to, really buffer yourself up in your inner summer then, like really focus on the positives in your life and celebrate yourself. Be really grateful for everything that you have. So as you make that crossover, you're meeting your inner critic, but you're meeting them with with skin on. You know, you've really you've created something you're really proud of and you've connected with people that you love and you've really soaked in and drunk in the, the gratitude and the joy in your life so that you've got some armor on when you when you... Voice appears, which you know, our work isn't about silencing the critical or not having one, it's going, it was always going to be there, and it is a natural time for editing and reflection. But maybe we just listen to like 1% of what it has to say mm-hmm. and, uh, and and do some, you know, some healthy self reflection that's that's a part of having personal development, but just recognizing that the truth you know, the truth isn't that you're a bad person. The truth isn't that you suck and that you're never going to get anywhere. You know, the things that our critic tells us, um, just getting to what is the truth in this and yeah. 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 And then it takes us back down to menstruation again. So, uh, we start again.
0: Yeah. And it goes full circle. So what
1: have you noticed in your own life
0: since you've really connected with all of this? And I know that, you know, um, you live and breathe this stuff. Like, you know, I see it all on social media. You know, I know that when you book your appointments, you're making sure that the appointments, as much as you can, obviously, you know, there's sometimes when it, you know, we have to make um, a few exceptions, but I know that you try and have your appointments more around, you know, your summertime and things like that. So then you're really working with your own body and your own seasons to bring your best self and also manage your own energy levels. Um, So, yeah, what have you mainly kind of noticed from getting really close and connected to your menstrual cycles? What have you noticed in your life?
1: Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, what hasn't changed? Mm. It's... I mean, the greatest thing for me, um, I sort of touched on it earlier, is this self-authority. I... And the authority in my life according to the wisdom of my body and I trust it sorry I trust it wholeheartedly and the connection that I feel to something greater than myself um, that's always been there for me but it has strengthened in in, re- in a really beautiful way um, I feel more connected to myself as a woman. I, I have really embodied and understand the different energies of the masculine and the feminine within myself because the cycle gives us an opportunity mm-hmm. to play in both, you know, every single cycle. It's an even, um, we have an even expression normally of both. And so it's, uh, I've become the most full expression of who I can be at this stage in my life. And there is an initiation into womanhood that the cycle gives us when we learn to work with each of the four phases. Um, yeah, the development within myself is, like I said, it's been more than anything else I have ever more than yoga, more than, journaling more than you know general self-care practices or meditation or any other spiritual thing that I have tried I'm using my wow. menstrual cycle as my mm. spiritual practice has given me much greater depth and connection to myself and the world than anything else
0: that's incredible that's so amazing but I can <laughs> totally see that I mean I you know, I, I track my cycle. I probably don't do anything like as much of the work as you do, but I can totally see how, um, yeah, it really builds that connection um, to mm-hmm. self. And um, I think, you know, the biggest thing for me was this kind of permission piece and an understanding of my own body and my own energy and um, and really softening around that, mm-hmm. yeah, which has been really beautiful. Um, so I just wanted to touch on... Um, the red tent and my very brief understanding of how things used to be back in the day. I don't know when it was, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. before kind of modern times when, um, you know, women weren't shunned for their periods. It was a time of celebration or it was recognized. It was understood and, you know, women kind of gathered together and they went into the red tent and, and, you know, it wasn't seen as this kind of taboo thing.
1: Is that right? Yeah, I think sometimes I think we like to think that that is always the case. Um, Mm. I am reluctant to to give a yes or no blanket answer to the Mm. question, which is a great question. And certainly there there is evidence to suggest that in certain Indigenous cultures that A woman's moon time, her menstruation was um, more revered, and that intuitively, women essentially became like an an oracle within the tribe, and they were sought for guidance at that at that time. It was a time for rest and retreat, and for women to connect together. And that is that, and it's sort of the uh, um, mythology that surrounds red tents today as well. So places where women can go and connect and be together, and uh, it's a lovely it's it's lovely to. To hold that, at the same time, I'm conscious that there are, plenty, there are many, even today, communities and indigenous communities mm. um, where women are sent away from the tribe, and and it's not out of love, you know, it's out of fear, and it's out of it's a, you know, it's more of an, a banishment. And um, so, I yeah, I uh, it's not something that I. I think it's something that we are still unraveling how yeah. we how we viewed menstruation in in the past. And certainly, in the, the church, for example, um, hasn't hasn't celebrated it. And so we hear stories about, you know, uh, Mary Magdalene, for example, and um, and her place in in you know this feminine and masculine within within religion and 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 I, it's really lovely to hold on to these ideas of union and that uh, the ministration has been celebrated in the past and i i hope that we can continue to connect with that and that it becomes as the patriarchy, patriarchal society that we're currently living in slowly becomes dismantled, that it does return. and There is a remembering of how things have been. And I'm really interested in the future. I have a vision where certainly menstruation is revered, where it becomes a part of our workplaces and our homes and the education system and that women, if they cho- so choose to, can retreat away and that it is something that we really celebrate um, and that we learn that the benefits of rest, not just for women, but for men, for all of us to live more sustainably. It's just about us needing time out. It's, it's men as well. And so, yeah, it's a curious thing. I think The Red Tent, the book is a great place to start for anybody who's interested in reading more about that and and hold the vision, you know, hold that idea that not only could that have been possible, but that it may still be possible for the future.
0: Totally, totally. Oh, interesting. And um, talking of men, um, do men experience... Anything similar? Like I mean, obviously they don't have periods, but in terms of their energy levels and their connection to something bigger at certain times mm-hmm. of the year. Because I, mm-hmm. I speak to my husband about this. Probably maybe too much information, but I speak to my husband about this in terms of you know there are times when you know just you're trying trying to push and get work done and it's just not happening. And then you know, mm-hmm. and then there's other times when you know you take a bit of a rest and then you come back to it, and then there's this kind of like yeah, some good energy comes through, and um, you know is that is that an alignment thing, or or do guys also experience some kind of like peaks and troughs throughout the month? What do you think
1: <laughs> if we were looking at it from a hormonal perspective, mm. what men experience is Certainly more linear over a month. Wow. So their testosterone—I mean, testosterone is the male sex hormone, and so primary male sex hormone—and so they experience a more of a linear pattern throughout the month. Whereas if you look at our hormonal pattern over a month, you know it changes so much week to week, mm-hmm. um, particularly estrogen and progesterone. We have some testosterone; men have about ten times as much as we do. And so if you're looking at it from a monthly perspective, then certainly it is very different. Mm. However, what men experience is quite interesting. They go through a 24-hour testosterone cycle. And I've heard somebody say that, oh, men experience in one day what women experience in a month. And look, maybe there's like a a tiny bit of truth in that because the truth is they do go through... Their testosterone levels do change. Um, they, peak, they, have a, they peak and trough in a day. So testosterone changes over a 24-hour period. So you could almost say, sure, that they, they have a, a little mini menstrual cycle every day. <laughs> um, but I am reluctant <laughs> to <Yeah>. say that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> very important. <laughs> yeah. we're talking about different hormones here we're talking about you yeah. know a completely different chemical experience in the body mm. I've, I've also read about studies that have tried to link um, men's cycles with the moon the lunar phases and also seasonally and i don't doubt for a minute that men are affected by the moon and that they are affected by the seasons but mm. i we all are so yeah it's just a human thing that we move through our own cycles as well. Uh, certainly with the moon and certainly with the seasons that we're, that we're living in. Uh, so sure men have their, have cycles as well, but by no means does, you know, men and women, um, male and female experience the world very differently from a physiological level.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cool. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, and then in terms of like specific tips that so if someone's listening to this, and they're like, wow, this is really interesting. And like, you know, how do I even make a start with this? What would you recommend?
1: The first thing is always to start with awareness, always with anything whenever we want to grow. It's always about having awareness. And so a simple practice of menstrual cycle awareness is really starting with charting your cycle. The cool thing is that there are so many great apps these days um, that are available. I really love Clue, but there's plenty of others um, in the app store that you can try out and see if it's something that you might like to, to give a go. And so it really is about consistently charting observations within yourself so I like to use the four bodies physical mental emotional and spiritual to just check in with how I'm feeling each day and just make some other gentle uh, notes and observations in an app or for those who prefer pen to paper you can journal observations as well and uh, it's just about starting to recognize the way that you shift day to day and then getting to know your inner seasons as well um, and then they can move into gentle cycle syncing so making new shifts in the way that you're showing up with friends and family the way your self-care practice changes diet movement um, but really the, the very beginning is simply just starting to track day one day two day three day four day five day six and just getting to know the different days of your cycle
0: mm, great and and um, would you also recommend kind of journaling that experience too
1: yeah, I really love journaling. So on my website, I have a free cycle charting calendar that you can begin to use. It helps to chart your cycle with, alongside the moon as well, which is great. That's a great place to start. And it has a little bit of space for some for some observations and journaling. But my course, Flow, is a much deeper exploration into how you can really get into the archetypal process of the, um, of the cycle. So really looking at the different elements of each phase, really looking at the qualities and the archetypes that show up in each phase as well and that is uh, a much more in-depth approach to to journaling your cycle um, I also teach another course radiate which takes a little bit less of the journaling and much more of the, of the charting and how to, to really chart it out on a calendar so there's just so many different ways to do it and there's no right or wrong. It's just a matter of figuring out what is the best way for you. For some women, it might simply be drawing some like drawing and colors and shapes might speak more to some women or even verbally like having an audio recording audio messages. Our girlfriend of mine uses her notes app and in her notes app on her phone, she keeps everything in there. So it's just about being creative with it as well and figuring out a method that best suits you.
0: Yeah. Great. Great. And, um, and I've got a couple more questions. Um, on the menstrual cycles. Um, So have you found that since you've been tracking the cycles and really, you know, delving deep into this space, have you been finding that you've been connecting a lot more with your intuition?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I just got shivers Um, Mm -hmm. when I said that, yes. And certainly in my inner winter and my inner, um, inner autumn, that is when i feel i mean even today i'm day 23 claire and this morning i just i just intuitively woke up grabbed my journal grabbed some tarot cards and and just pulled a card and wrote a few things down before before speaking to you because this is the point i'm really now in my autumn where i just feel that return to self and intuitively i just know things and i have you know a clear picture of my life and that begins for me, you know, a few days into autumn, I really feel that. And then by the time, you know, I, I'm bleeding, by day two or day three, I just feel so connected. So like I said, there's something greater than myself. And so, yeah, my intuition is is absolutely strengthened. I feel f- further away from it in my inner spring and in my inner summer. Mm. And uh, and it's like a real remembering or returning to it again where, where I am right now.
0: Yeah, totally. Oh, lovely. And how <laughs> does that connection show up for you like is it a feeling is it is it a physiological thing is it a messages that are coming through is it a, a certain sense of trust or comfort how would you describe that
1: mm. yeah, that's a great question I think what you just said at the very end a, a certain sense of trust and comfort it's 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 a feeling that I'm, I'm not sure I can really give words to and if I were to try to give more examples, it would be certainly dreams. I really trust my dreams, again, from this phase onwards. um, Studies have shown that our dreams can become really vivid in the luteal phase, which is the autumn of the cycle and moving into menstruation. And, yeah, the messages that come through my dreams can often be quite clear, (laughs) not that Mm -hmm. subtle, actually. Um, But I love pulling cards as well, so I love using my tarot cards. And for me, they act as as mirrors into my uh, my intuitive nature and I'll usually create a combination of tarot and journaling in this time to just continue to really tap into what's already within myself and the more that I do these practices these you know these examples of tarot and journaling and charting dreams then that's where that feeling of that knowingness and that trust Mm. comes from i'm a really crap meditator um, in terms of being <laughs> consistent but again like this is all the phase of the cycle where i feel like oh actually i could just really sit and be with myself for 10 minutes this mm. morning that feels really good and just breathe and practice that um, and that's the that's the gift of the you know autumn and the inner you know, winter of the cycle is this return to self and return to intuition and connection to um to something greater, that mm. that while the inner spring and the inner summer are so fun and it's great to be in the world and it's great to be productive and it's important to, to live in the material world. That's, that's where we live. That's a part of being a human. But um, but this return to self, you know, it's mm. really important.
0: Yeah, it's really special, isn't it? It's, mm. uh, yeah, it's a really special thing that we, we have um, and, you know, the, the ability to, yeah, really honour that um, is, it's a special thing as well. Beautiful. And, um, and then, you know, before we kind of start to finish up, this podcast is called Becoming Whole. And so based on sort of where you are right now, what does living a whole life mean to you?
1: Hmm. Oh my gosh. whole. it means, and I really just want to say that for me this whole menstrual cycle practice yeah. is all about becoming whole because yeah. each each phase of the cycle gives me an opportunity, like I said, to explore a different part of who I am. Um, these different qualities of what make me whole. And that means being present with whatever is coming up in a in a particular phase. It's recognizing the transient nature of it all as well and that what feels whole today will change tomorrow too um and i just can't for me it really is what you said earlier about that connection to nature that connection to something greater than myself that is wholeness to me it's feeling like i am the authority in my life but at the same time i also surrender to the truth that i am connected to a a, something so much bigger than me that I I can't even I'll never, I'll never see it or fully understand it as well. And so there's that mystery too mm. um, that has to come in within that. There's this self-knowing and then there's this surrender to mystery. So for me, that is it's really about becoming whole. Mm.
0: Mm. Oh, I could feel that. I could feel all of that. Mm. <laughs> so good. Um, and then the other thing that's kind of coming up for me, which I think is really interesting is that, you know, I feel that the menstrual cycle, um, it really helps us to connect to, you know, Gaia, Mother Earth, like it has that connection to the earth and, and nature and uh, through the seasons and, and all of that. But then also in the, you know, the autumn, and the winter, it's almost like then we also then have that connection to, you know, something bigger than ourselves, like you were talking about, you know, and something a lot more spiritual. So it is that perfect complement between, you know, the earth, Below and the sky, heaven, mm-hmm. spirit above. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, th- I feel, and I've been speaking to quite a few friends because um, I teach yoga. And so a lot of people kind of in this more spiritual space. And the thing that we've been finding is that, you know, it can be quite easy then to, you know, have your head in the clouds a little bit in terms of the spiritual side of things. But then what can also happen is then you become, can, can become a little bit more disconnected from the earth. Mm, Yeah. You know, if the energy goes all the way up and it's like, oh, spiritual stuff, and you know, you can get really involved in that. This is, and this comes from, you know, a personal thing. Like I find that my energy, I'm very vata. um, And so my energy goes right up to my head and I can very much dream. And, you know, I have a really strong connection to spirit, but then I also find it quite hard to ground. (laughs) Sometimes I could Mm. end up flying away somewhere. Um, Whereas Mm. I, I feel like this connection to the cycle can help with some of that grounding.
1: Yeah, it really can. It really can. It has for me. Mm-hmm. It, it has certainly has for me. I am like you, I'm very vulture and can end up um yeah. Like living in my own reality sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, cosmic reality somewhere yeah. else. And uh it does, it has, it has helped me to stay in my body and because mm-hmm. it is such it is an embodied Practice. Yeah. This isn't just you know ideas. Like you are literally, you yeah. Were, yeah, you're, you're yeah. programmed into you, and so that has that has certainly helped to ground me into the realities of being a human. We're here, and we're messy, and um, we're both spiritual beings and and very flawed physical, fleshy humans as well.
0: Yeah, yeah beautiful well thank you so much um let's finish off with um talking about what you have kind of going on in your business um workshops programs retreats that type of thing
1: mm. well, something i'm very excited for is uh, coming home for six weeks um mm. in may to back to australia to uh run uh, my first cycle love retreat just um uh not far from melbourne in dalesford in victoria which I cannot wait because while I love teaching online and I love Mm. the internet and I love the community that it creates, there is just something so heavenly about being in circle with women in the flesh, hearing stories, sharing teachings, being in circle, Mm. eating chocolate, like being in nature, all the juiciness of that. So that's Mm. happening at the end of may um from the 25th to the 28th i cannot wait for that simultaneously i will be running all year my online courses as well so flow and and radiate and i do actually have another one coming out this year on creativity which i think oh, you might be
0: yeah.
1: today and the cycle so mm. those things are always running online my ebooks i do my ebook a your cycle and audiobook are always available in my shop too so those things are there available for those who can't make in-person workshops and retreats and later this year I'll be back in Europe running more workshops over here as well
0: great wow it sounds like you've got a full packs a year but I'm sure that you've balanced it out with your cycle so yes, <laughs> <laughs> love it so what I'll do is I'll put all of those details your website and your social media and all of that um on the show notes so that people can get in contact with you
1: wonderful
0: thank, thank you. you so much claire it's been a wonderful um podcast and chat um, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your light and for really living your truth and living what you talk about walking your talk
1: oh that's very sweet thank you claire
0: thank you darling bye <laughs> and that's the end of another episode i do hope you enjoyed it and gained some new insights You can find more info about the show and my guests by visiting my website, claire-bradshaw.com or subscribe to iTunes to ensure you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the show, please give it a rating on iTunes as this makes a huge difference in sharing the podcast and its content with more people. My dream is to create a happier, healthier, more wholesome world. And I truly believe that it starts with ourselves. So thank you for listening and have a beautiful day.